Heidi and Stefan. Welcome back to the Ice Cream Parlor. Yes, yes. This is the podcast where we talk about horror movies. And uh, that's it, right? I mean, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Nothing special. Just talking about horror movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, most most people know by now, I think. You know? <laughs> I think we probably can drop that. Yeah, we got a few <laughs> in the bag. So, Anyways, um, lots of things going on. It's a brand new year. This is... Um, not our first, second episode, technically of the year. Of the year, yeah. Um, we had a you know great episode last week or last time with Larry Block from the Funhouse. Yes, we did. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, he was a pretty cool cat. Yes, um, and you know so much to talk about now. We um, we should catch up a little bit first, I guess, right? Okay. <laughs> so Larry Block was on last week, mm-hmm. and that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, he does a lot of promotion for our stuff, so that was like an unexpected surprise. It was a nice bonus for us because we didn't even think about that. We just said, okay, well, come on. Let's talk yeah. about the movie. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things I think I feel yeah. like you just do things because you want to, because it's your heart, you know, your heart work, and then it just starts happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we got a lot of uh, views off of that that video post so we'd like to welcome all the new listeners and viewers and um uh yeah this is the ice cream parlor uh please subscribe to all of our um, social media and to our youtube channel and anywhere you listen to or view podcasts so here's the thing we're everywhere you listen to podcasts um our audio episodes so it'd be really cool if you guys on iTunes or Apple Podcasts can give us a rating because that will help us out a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are now on YouTube for video episodes so you can see how much wine we actually drink throughout the show. <laughs> and if you want to see what we look like. Right. I should have brushed my hair. I don't usually brush my hair. I think I look the same usually. You're different color hats. Different color hats, <laughs> different t-shirts. Um, cool. All right. Um, so aside from the Larry Block episode, which has been amazing, we also got Greg Nicotero to start following us. Oh, right, right. Which was yeah. kind of fucking amazing. We mm-hmm. were at the comedy store when I got the notification, and, and I think I freaked out the people that were sitting at the <laughs> Yeah, table. you did, definitely. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, also because... Uh, my kids were at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had no idea. I didn't even know. I thought you were freaking out for some other reason. I was nervous too. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> something happened? Are we gonna have to deal with an emergency situation now, yeah. or whatever?" I'm like, I look at my phone after the show's over, and I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was like not enough di- uh, differentiation between like good. Oh my god, and bad. Oh my god. Yeah, you don't so, know my oh my god yet. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, something happened. What's going down? <laughs> so anyway, after a few celebratory drinks at the patio afterwards, we, you know, came to terms with it. And hey, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that so, was pretty cool. That was a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, being so, a lifelong horror fan. Mm-hmm. It's a huge fucking thing. Yeah. Um, um, I'll, just one thing I wanted to say real quick, too. I mean, we're not going to get stuck in a negative zone but obviously we have to at least bring some light to the passing of kobe Bryant, his daughter and all the rest of the people that were on the helicopter uh with them you know that was obviously a tragedy that happened really early into the new year um we're going to try to keep a positive light going here and not really touch base on it because we know a lot of people out there have already had comments and things to say and all that so well as an la native it is really hard hitting i'm not going to pretend that i I'm a basketball fan and that I followed his career. I know highlights, I know lowlights, but ultimately it's really sad when anybody passes. Yeah. Uh, especially someone who died with their child in their arms. Yeah. And there was two family or two children on that 
well, on that helicopter. There's a few other kids too. Yeah, but. Well, no, I thought it was just to two kids, and then there were like uh, the rest were adults. But nevertheless, it's always sad, and it's really sad to learn that he had a surviving wife and three other children, one of whom was like seven months old. So yeah. it's always it's always sad. Um, yeah. Here in LA, for sure, we see a huge response. Uh, murals went up same day almost mm -hmm. uh there were vigils absolutely everywhere yeah. and our, our public transportation like the the trains and the buses they all still say rest in peace kobe right. it, it's a huge hit for the city yeah definitely um and you know it's, you know it's it's a city where a lot of stuff is made like movies are made and deals are made and you know influential people are here and such but it's really seldom that you find somebody who has come out of LA, even though he's not from LA, but somebody who's come out from within the city and made such a positive impact throughout. You know, um, I know that there's lots of stuff that has gone out through, gone on through his career, but he also has that, what is it, Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Foundation. Yeah. Um, I mean, the more you help people, the more you're going to be ingrained in their hearts and the more the community is going to mourn you when you go. Yeah, sure. So therefore, I'm not doing jack shit. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, the best way for us to for us here to move on is just to respect the family's uh, time of mourning. And, um, you know, we've said our piece and, and uh, we just put it to rest, I guess, you know, like because we're going to be able to talk about horror movies and killings and death and crazy shit in right. these movies. So, so obviously I do want to say <laughs> we just wanna, that, you know, just because we're horror fans, it doesn't mean that we celebrate death. We don't celebrate uh, torture. We don't celebrate anybody actually hurting anybody. What we celebrate is the art that goes behind it. The yeah. the ability for a director, or a writer, an actor to convey an emotion, mm -hmm. and and our abilities uh, to then feel that and experience that with each movie that we see. It's not a celebration of of anything sadistic, of anything malicious. It's a celebration of the art. Yes, ex exactly. So, anyways, I just wanted to like bring that up and, you know, put that to rest and move forward, you know? I feel you, homie. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, uh, oh, um, another thing that we did cool, too, was we went to that movie marathon that was, uh, was it another Cinematic Void event? Yes, yeah. it was. And uh, we got to see a bunch of movies, but one of which was not on our list that we both ended up enjoying. Oh, okay, so what was it? A, a Giallo? Giallo. I don't know. Giallo. Is it Giallo or Giallo? Giallo. I don't know. We're going to get murdered a... in the comments for this one. But It's uh, a Giallo vest? Remember, we're not fans. <laughs> or, I mean, we're experts. No, we're not experts. We're only fans. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, so what it is, it's more like um, a genre. And it is Italian kind of horror, suspense, suspense kind of thriller. Yeah, right, right? yeah. Uh, and so we went and we saw five movies, one of which wasn't part of the genre, but it was just fun to throw in there, and that was a black cat, which, which I didn't enjoy so much because I thought it was going to be these guys. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know there was another one, and when we were going there, I thought that was part of the reason why we were going because it was. of the black cat. But but who was there was the was uh, an actress from Suspiria, which was really nice. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and then, um, but we did, I was happily surprised to see the movie Torso. Right, that's the one I was talking about, yeah. Torso. Torso was really good. Good, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, that was a good fucking movie. Uh, and I had never heard of it It's been added to the list, or it will be, as of this posting of this episode, yeah. it'll be added to the list, but it is so good. I don't want to talk about it yet. Right, yeah. It's such a good movie. Uh, also, A Blade in the Dark, that was really good. And for the Ice Cream Sunday episode for this week, it's... 
that we're going to be posting at the end of the week will be just more about the fest, the the genre, and a little bit about the other movies who didn't make it into our the list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the first one we went to go see there that day at the marathon? I forgot. There was the Blade in the Dark, but before that, there was oh, opera. Opera, yeah, yeah Argento. Yeah, 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 that right. shit was the shit. That, that yeah. one's already on our list. Right, yeah, that was on our list. Um, so, yeah, it was a good time, and um, it was fun to get out there and watch some of those old movies. <laughs> you don't have to pause when I write. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading your notes. See what you're writing over there. Stefan is... Uh-huh, I see, I see. <laughs> uh, but no, so yeah, other than that, we've been having a pretty good start to the new year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, my job got me a gym membership. Yeah. Yeah. And I am so sore every day since I've gotten the membership. Been popping the eye on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get to the chopper. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's been really cool because I used to work with a trainer a few years ago when you and I met and I felt so strong. I felt so fit. And the same thing that I'm telling the trainer here at this new gym, as I told my other trainer, is I like my size. I just want to be less jiggly. If my ass gets any smaller, this is over. (laughs) Um, But it's been pretty cool. I feel really strong. It's like a super hoity-toity kind of place, but it's really cool. I really enjoy it. I feel feel so much. I feel like I'm back. Feels good getting back in there. Yeah. Getting the sweat and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, it hurts if I go like anywhere but here, right here. <laughs> I have to. Um, I gotta try to get back in the gym myself. Well, too. so um, after I first started arm days, like with this new trainer, I went back to work the next day, and some guy, one of my coworkers, walked in. He's like, "Hey, you look great today." And I'm like, "Like, no, I fucking don't." <laughs> I'm like, "I didn't brush my hair because my arms don't reach up there right now. <laughs> like, it's just down." <laughs> he's like, "Brown chicken, brown cow." No, he's like, "I gotta tell her something nice because she looks like shit." <laughs> But but yeah, so that was pretty cool. That's something that's new. My daughter is getting her portfolio ready for art school. So that's really exciting. Fingers crossed on a scholarship because otherwise I'm going to start driving for Uber Eats or something. (laughs) But yeah, I'm like really excited about that. What about you? What's new with you? Um, not Not a whole lot. Just like I said, just been enjoying the new year. We had, you know falling a little bit behind schedule on kind of getting things out on time. So we do apologize for things being a few days late, but we're, we're still, um, you know, getting the gears turning here. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, we just, I don't know, I, I've been enjoying the new year. It's been kind of chill, just, you know, going to work, working on the podcast stuff, playing a little music here and there, just, you know, enjoying life. Nice. Well, that's yeah. all that matters, right? That's mm-hmm. what's important. Yeah. Okay, well, so this week we're going to be discussing The Wicker Man from 1973. Oh, wait, I haven't seen it. I was going to say I've seen this because I've seen this Nicolas Cage version, but you just said 1973. 1973, the original with Christopher Lee. Yes, I have. Christopher Lee, the end-all, be-all. He is also another. I didn't know who he was technically. I mean, I after the fact, like by name, I know who he is now, but like I wasn't sure who he was, but now I know, you know. Him as an actor, but I haven't seen any of his older work. So I'm sure you have. Maybe I don't know, but like I mean, I I know you've seen him on Lord of the Rings, right? Right, and he's been in Star Wars, I think, as a character. Um, But the point is, I I don't really remember any of his older films. I I I only I think specifically kind of know him him from Lord of the Rings. Okay, well, we'll get into that one after a short break. He's like the Gray Wizard, right? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When they do the the cool wizard fight and suddenly they're like holding on to like the edge of the platform only on their heels. Oh, right. That's yeah. badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the movie before we take a break? The movie is inspired by an engraving called The Wicker Image in, Brita- uh, in the Britannia Antigua Illustrada by... A Let Sam's in 1678. I'm sorry, 1676, which I found online for $1,600. Whoa, that's a lot of money. Yeah, so and here's the image. Wait, that image? Yeah. The actual artwork is $1,600? No, the book that it's in. Oh, the the book. Yeah, but that's the image that inspired the story. And the synopsis is, a Puritan police sergeant is sent to Scottish Island Village in search of a missing girl who who the townsfolk never... Keep talking. I'm just showing them the image. <laughs> Who the townsfolk claimed never existed. The stranger still in the pagan... Stranger still are the pagan rites that take place there. Sorry, I got distracted. That's a pretty gruesome image. Well, so for those of you who are audio only, it is what you imagine um, a Burning Man effigy. Right. But it is filled with people inside. And the head is an actual kind of like sculpted head almost. It looks real. So we're going to burn all those fools inside. Yeah, in theory. Yeah, like you see the people inside kind of struggling and and wailing. But uh, we'll go into that later. I wonder if actual Burning Man has I looked that up and it's not. It doesn't have anything? No. no Uh, So the creator of Burning Man said he hadn't seen Wicker Man until after he initiated everything. So it was kind of like, here we go. But it really all is just symbolism, isn't it? Right, right, yeah. It's, um, yeah, so uh, this movie should be interesting. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, other than Christopher Lee, is there anybody else that we know in it or not? So there's Edward Woodward, who plays Sergeant Howie, and he was in a lot of, um, a lot of, like, TV in the 80s and 90s. Oh, I want to say the 80s and 90s mostly. Uh, but I don't know any of those. But he's somebody that people know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him either, but, um. All right, cool. And one thing to note is this movie mm-hmm. is hella musical. Oh. Like, it is a soundgasm. Wait, it came out in 73, the same year as The Exorcist? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I hope I got the dates right. Yeah. It's but full. it's um, it's like folk music. And so every scene has some kind of music. And the music just is really beautiful. It, like, takes you on this journey. You just go, <laughs> as the movie, as the music's progressing, you're kind of also just feeling more and more like you're one of the villagers. So it's like the sound of music? I mean, literally, but not the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, so let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And we're back. So. Yeah. (laughs) No Nicolas Cage. No Nicolas Cage. No bees. Right, no bees. <laughs> I, I, way better than I remember, too. Even though it was a little bit... Way better uh, than you remember versus... Way better than what I expected. Yeah. But what of... Uh, okay, way better than what I expected this movie to be, but better also than what I remember the remake. Because I didn't really think the remake was good. I just remember they tortured the shit out of Nicolas Cage at the end, which I've heard that they've also censored some of that in the remake. 
But anyways, this one was really good. Actually, the music part of it was a little bit like it wasn't bad, but it was reminding me a lot of this thing called Christian the Lion. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you showed me Christian the Lion. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, just a lion that's being raised by a family in it, the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people saw this uh, video clip because it was like uh, matched up with the Whitney Houston music from the, the Bodyguard. Yeah. So and. Christian the Lion is that um, it's like from it's from the seventies, but what was that? It was uh, it was like a real documentary of a some people who bought a lion cub at a fancy store in England and they raised it until it got too big and then they had to ship it off right, to right, Africa okay. to stay with a caretaker Aww, and I then cried, huh? and then they didn't see <laughs> the owner for so long because they, they you know they weren't visiting it all the time and then years later after the lion was grown up. They're reunited, and then that was the thing that people um, put the bodyguard music to is when the lion runs up to the guy, and they, like, give a big, big hug and everything. But it, in the actual movie, which I own... Of course you do. <laughs> um, there's all the little in-between. The full documentary, the full movie, has this, you know, one of the narrators singing a lot the whole time, and singing a very folky, um, classical kind of guitar um, mm -hmm. songs. And this one had all of that. Starting off with the innkeeper's daughter. <laughs> it's the landlord's daughter. The landlord's daughter. daughter right? The landlord's daughter. Okay, so this movie came out the year before Texas Chainsaw. Oh, yeah. It's still a horror movie, but it's completely different. You don't see any actual violence mm -hmm. here. You don't see anything grotesque. You don't see anything gory, say, for a... Dead hair inside of a tomb, uh, inside of a yeah, an a umbilical coffin. cord here and there. <laughs> Nothing. You know, too but boring. it wasn't grimy. It wasn't gruesome. It was actually quite beautiful. Uh, when we watched Midsummer, Midsummer, mm -hmm. it, I'm like, mm, this is just Wicker Man. <laughs> oh right, it was a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Okay, well, um, you so did you like this version? Of course, I yeah, like this. Yeah. It was it was done really well. I thought yeah, so. Yeah. Well, so in rewatching it. I, I was just I was just taken by how brilliant this fucking movie is. And we'll get there. Okay. But it's goddamn brilliant. Yeah. Because okay, no. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> well, let's uh let's just jump right into it then. So the movie starts off with a nice aerial shot of um someone flying in from on an airplane basically, which it's like one of those water landing airplanes. Right. So The Wicker Man from 1973 was directed by Robin Hardy. All right. Yeah. Yep. Good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> it started uh, starring Christopher Lee, who is a cult movie legend. Any relation to Bruce? I guess not. He plays Lord Summer Isle. <laughs> 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 who appeared in the film for free, by the way. Oh, really? He did this movie for free? Yes. Because he liked it so much? And... He also promoted it like out of his own pocket, and he went and and there were like public access channels like how did we get Christopher Lee? Oh, so he was already famous. he was like I'm fucking doing this. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like an right. um uh, a staple inside the horror genre, gotcha. and so um he also says it's one of his favorite movies that he's ever been in. Hmm. And I can see why it's fucking brilliant. Okay. Um, also starring Edward Woodward, who plays Sergeant Howie. Uh, Diane Cliento, who is Miss Rose, who's the teacher. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And Britt Eklund, who is Willow, and she is the uh, landlord's, the landlord's daughter. daughter. Yeah, yeah. But you have to say it in an accent because I don't do the accent. The landlord's daughter. 
No, it was, should be Scottish. I just did British. Okay, do it. I don't know how if I can do Scottish. We have to kind of Sean Connery. Clanlor's daughter. <laughs> no, that's... Declan? It's a little Irish there. I don't know. I can't do it. Uh, oh, you know what? I did notice. This is just seven, six degrees of separation bullshit. But like the woman who plays the teacher in the remake is actually the lady from The Exorcist. Yes. Uh, what is her name? Bernstein. Her name? Ber- no, it's not Bernstein. Um, Ellen? No. Yes. Ellen? Ellen? It's Bernstein. It's not Bernstein. It's it starts with a like, C, I thought. No. It's not start with a C. <laughs> this is going to be like when I kept talking about Father Dyer. <laughs> Which I told you guys, it wasn't Father Dyer. It was Father Dyer. <laughs> Burstin. Burstin. Okay, she's Burstin. Burstin. That's what I remember. And I'm like, no, but then you said, okay, anyway. Yeah, she, yeah, you're right. She was in the remake. Yeah. I haven't seen the remake. Uh, uh, well, anyway, I just thought it was funny because these movies, the, the original and the original Exodus like came Bacon. out the same year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, anyways, it's also funny how both of those have a very like, Deeply rooted religious theme, I well, would say. So, so in seventy three, what movie? In what? There's some movie that talks about how certain eras horror movies reflected what they were actually scared of in that time. Right, yeah. I don't remember what that was, but um, do you do you remember that a few episodes ago? I think I talked about the Satanic Panic in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it may have stemmed from all of these you know, obsessions with different parts. And and you know what, as far as I may not be the most religious person in that I'm not religious at all, (laughs) but it really upsets me a lot of parts in this movie specifically where I'm like, white man, colonists. Sorry, you peaked on On white man. So at some point in time when you left, you peaked, it like totally went red. So hopefully maybe you're, yeah, just. Did you just, what makes a red man red? I take offense to that. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so sorry, I got distracted with the whole sound level. So religion, a lot of things are rooted in religion as far as in the seventies. Um, I wonder if it, because they just are finishing the summer of love, 68, 69, technically, that was a big time where it was this big open revolution. So you think people were kind of like trying to get back into the straight lace society? Some people maybe. 70s started leading into the disco era. I think that there was a part of society that was still trying to hold on to the old ways. I mean, Woodward, the main character. He's a Puritan. Yeah, he's such a like... like um, He's such a godly godman that right. he's like super... Okay, and we'll get into that. Okay. But I think there was a lot of people that were still around. and There was like a mixture of half and half. You had the you know young kids that wanted to just be free and get well, naked and dance around. Well, that's just any time in acid. society. Like... Every point in society, in, in, in history, we hear about what survived through the retellings. Yeah. That's what we know, yeah. right? But we don't pay attention to the other side. We just know one set of facts, right? That's it. Yeah. I like the history of the Americas, for example, we know the white man version that was taught to us in schools and... I only know other because I had to proactively go and research it. Yeah. I just think that you're right by saying that they probably were playing off of people's fears at the time. And that in this particular time, 73, the whole religious theme just sort of was, you know, that when did the omen come out? It was a little bit later, right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't remember dates. We watch all these movies, don't remember the dates. Yeah, it's too hard to remember. But anyways, I'm just saying like this. You know what we should do is like put a a cat, like a map, like dates. We should do that. I don't know. That way we can be like. Yeah, it's all right. Who cares? (laughs) It doesn't matter. Anyways, moving on from that. The point I was just making is that there was a a very close tie in with the exorcist with the whole religious theme going on. Um, Right. so, So the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack, yeah, again, was very folky, very, um, like... Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, kind of <laughs> stuff like that, which, again, which is why I brought up the Christian Alliance thing, because that's how the girl, the narrator sings the whole time. So I think it was, even though it was 73, again, coming off of 68, 69, 70, that whole hippie Summer of Love era, I think that that kind of was still the soundtrack. Like, it wasn't a disco soundtrack yet. Although there's one scene where the girl is like almost metal. doing the mock. Oh yeah, it does get metal almost a little bit. But she's also doing like a weird macarena back when she's dancing <laughs> naked. <laughs> That's a good scene. That's a powerful scene. That's a powerful scene. Yeah. So um, start. So the movie about starts that. like this. Yeah. There's a fictional. There's a thank you card to fictional people of. Of Summer Isle, which is the <laughs> island where this takes place. Oh, right, yeah. And it says, the producer would like to thank the Lord Summer Isle and the people of his island off the west coast of Scotland for his privileged insights into the religious practices for their generous cooperation in the making of this film. Yeah. Now, why do you think they like, did Dick, that? Like, Dick, it's not a real... <laughs> yeah, why do you think they did that, though? Like, um, I think it's just to add to, like, once you get into the movie, you're like, oh, shit, this is real. Kind of gives you that little bit of, oh, wait, they did that for real? But like, so is this based so on like, a true story? So it's like making you guess that it might be based on a true story? Yes. without okay. It's like implied. Yeah. It's implied. Okay. I think so anyway. It's not yeah. my... I mean, I was I would have bought it until... You did. Yeah. Yeah. I actually <laughs> like, looked oh, up, like, is there a real Lord Summer Isle? And they're like, nope. I'm like, uh... Google. All right. So the movie starts like this. You said After that. that. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. So then the actual movie starts like this. Yeah. Um, there's like this Cessna, this police Cessna. I don't know if that's the airplane it is, but let's just say it's a small engine uh, plane that also can land in water. I don't know my planes that well. I don't know if So how do you know I'm wrong? Because I have a feeling that it's a Cessna is a particular type of plane, and I don't think it was the ones that landed in water. If somebody out there knows, let us know, but I'm pretty sure. So there's a... Fucking plane. Yeah, a tiny little airplane. <laughs> that's flying over land and sea to get to the remote island of Summer Isle. Yes. And he lands into like this little um to this little harbor. But it's like such a rural kind of community that, you know, he lands and he has to yell over a megaphone mm-hmm. to uh, the harbor master that's yeah. send me the dinghy. Yeah, will you will you send the dinghy, please? Yeah, and then right away the the first guy he talks to is like, he's "Are like, you nope. even here? Are you he sure goes, you're nope. at the right place?" Like, he's no, like, he tells him no. He goes, "You can't land here without oh, permission." Oh right, yeah, you can't land here. He's you like, don't have nope. permission. Yeah, he's like, I'm, "I'm a police officer." He's like, "You need permission from Lord Summerisle." Right. Yeah. And he's like, "Bring the fucking dinghy." <laughs> yeah. But he's like super stern. He's super clean cut. Yeah. He's he doesn't curse once. Yeah. At all. Right. To this entire movie. Yeah. Which is very impressive. I didn't notice that, but I don't know if anybody cursed in this whole movie. Did they? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So we learned that um, his name is Sergeant Howie. Howie. Yeah. Funny name for a sergeant. Sergeant Howie. Sergeant Howie. And he is on the island uh, to address a concern about one of the residents. Mm-hmm. 
apparently... It's like a missing girl. There's a missing child, and her name is Rowan Morrison, and yeah. no one um, no one has encountered her over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, she's 12 years old, and her mother apparently is on the island, and her name is Mae Morrison. So all these guys gather around him when he gets onto the shore, and he's questioning them. Have you guys seen this? They're like, we have right. no idea who this is. We have no idea. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. And they go, he passes well, a picture around, Yeah, I he think. passes a picture yeah. around. And then he reads the letter and he says, well, who's Mae Morrison? They're like, we don't know who Mae Morrison is. And then he like shows them, well, this is fucking Mae Morrison. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that Mae Morrison. Right, right. She's like at the she's post in t- office she, Yeah, she has the post office in town. Yeah. And so but he's like, like looking at them like, fucking dick, I just yeah. told you that. But then they're like, it's not her daughter, though. Yeah, her, that's not her daughter. Mm-hmm. You'll see when you get there. Yeah. Uh, so Mae Morrison has a post office and in the post office, she has a candy shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's asking her about the missing daughter, but she has no idea what she's talking about. She's like, my daughter? My daughter's over there. She's like this nine-year-old named Myrtle. Did he already go straight there first, or did he go to the inn first? To he like went straight a, there. Straight there. Okay, mm-hmm. right, yeah. And so, yeah, she's like, no, that's not my daughter. This is my daughter. And he's kind of, like, baffled at, like, why she would, you know, right. say so that. Right, um, so when May Morrison goes to tend to another customer, she leaves... Sergeant Howie and Myrtle together in this room in the back. Yeah. Which is yeah. weird as shit. Well, yeah. Um, and it's she's the 70s. like painting a, a hair. Uh, yeah, rabbit. Not a rat, not a bunny rabbit, we, a hair. A hair. Because right. they made a point to say it's a fucking hair. Mm-hmm. And so he's asking her, Well, do you know who Rowan is? She goes, Uh huh. And she confirms that she knows that Rowan yeah. is actually a hair, a hair in the field. Yeah. Right. And so he's like, Wow, everybody's off their rocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he needs to go back and get some rest. So he's basically going to go check in at the local inn. The Green Man Inn. Yeah, which he, I think the, that Because he makes, doesn't want to fly back the same night because it's right. getting late. And Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think the Green Man has a something, it's a symbolism for some pagan type thing, I think. Like in, in real life. Like in Moana where the woman is an island? I didn't see that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> But I think that, that if you look up something having to do with pagan rituals, that the green man or something, it's part of the the thing. That's I, I saw something on that before when I was looking at like other um, reviews of the movie. But anyways, so they go in and it's like a, a scene. Like he's baffled that like he's no, in this, the locals uh, are in there drinking and yeah, smoking and, and cursing and, and, and dancing and, and playing. But music. he walks in silence. Yeah. Of course, a cop walks in the room. What else are you going to do? Cop walks into a bar and he said, hey, who put that there? (laughs) Everybody. (laughs) Um, So McGregor is the innkeeper and he's like, okay, we'll get you a room. We'll get you some food. And then he says, Willow will show you to your space. Mm -hmm. Now, Willow is the actress Britt Eklund. Yes. And she is the beautiful one of the group, right? She is the minute that you see her. It's like, you remember in the movie The Mask when he sees Cameron Diaz and his oh, yeah, eyes yeah. bulge out? There's a cartoon character. <laughs> the tongue comes yeah. out. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And suddenly, all the patrons start singing about the landlord's, the landlord's daughter. daughter. Yep, she's a dirty little slut. <laughs> That's what she is. Well, but- I thought I wrote the song down. But the, so- um, the song talks about these, it has these lines. Um... I remember they show one part where the old man sings and he's talking about between right. his two That's what toes. I'm trying to you get into that part? All right. Pretty much a song goes on about how she gives everyone a hard on and they discuss the path between her left toe 
and, and her, her right, right toe. toe. Yeah. And um, Howie is not amused. No, he's not. But the da- the dad or the he's landlord. He's singing along does, and yeah. laughing, and so is Willow. She's like, "Oh, you guys!" And this and is one big fat dude like starts humping her like from behind. He's like, <laughs> she doesn't care. She's like, "All right, whatever." So he requests that everybody sim- simmers down by saying, "I am here on official business." And he starts passing around the picture of Rowan again, and everybody's saying, "No, nope, I haven't seen her. I haven't seen her." But he is noticing that there's a like a bunch of pictures along the wall. And those pictures, there's one missing. And it's from the Harvest Festival the year before because they're yeah. all Harvest Festival images. Yeah. And the Harvest Festival images are just black and white photos with a beautiful girl who's the queen of the harvest, right, or harvest yeah. queen. And then like and all then, the fruits and vegetables. Yeah, everywhere. and the yeah. harvest. Yeah. And um, one from the previous year is missing. Yeah. And he asks about it and he said, oh, wait, it got broken. Right. This is where I'm like, oh, this movie is fucking brilliant because... The purpose of this song, the purpose of gyrating, the purpose of everybody kind of being so sexual is to try to get him to get into like this, his next level horniness. They need him to get horny enough to either move <laughs> forward or they, they have to figure out what he is. Like they need to, they got to figure out if he's a virgin or not, right? Uh-oh. So they're trying to make him as horny as possible to see if he's going to fuck Willow. Oh, okay. So that's like part of their test that they talk about later on to find out that, that he was the one. Yeah, I, I yeah. Okay. Right. So that's what I was like, oh, my God. Like if you just I look, there's all, these, yeah. there's all these steps. That's why that. everybody's ass, acts so suspicious throughout, which I'm like, oh, my God. It's yeah. so good. So then just uh, moving forward, he ends up going to his uh, – he wants some food and um, – they're like, don't worry, we're going to bring it to you. He has dinner, and then he's so disappointed because everything is canned. Yeah, it's all crappy And then food. he's like, why is everything canned? And she's like, whatever. Yeah. And and this is Willow serving him food. And then uh, he says, well, for dessert, I'll just have one an apple. She's like, we don't have any. Yeah. And the like, apples are what the summer aisle is, is known, known for. for. So he's like, you don't have apples? <laughs> yeah. So she's like, well, I can give you a peach cob, a peach and cream. Peaches and cream, but it's canned. It's from a can, I bet. <laughs> and it reminded yeah. me of... Kitchen nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean these oysters are canned? Yeah, frozen. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, and he even talks about how the beans are like discolored or something like that. Yeah, it's a weird color. So he doesn't like his meal. He's a little upset about that. Well, Willow tells him, cheer up. Food isn't everything, you know. Yeah, no. You right, know what I'm right. saying? She's offering <laughs> herself up to him. Um, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, and so just kind of skimming ahead. So basically, he ends up wanting to go to sleep. And he goes for a walk. Yeah, he does go for a walk. For, oh, right. And that's when he goes outside and sees like this massive orgy going on outside. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? This has got to be like. But how does he know that it's sex if he's never had sex before? Oh, he's he knows. By that how time. How do you know? At that time, I think people know. I mean, they know enough to stay away from it. How do they know? How do people who stay away from sex not know that they're accidentally having sex or not? Well, you know what? Maybe he doesn't know. And maybe he thought that, like, as a child would be so disturbed seeing that happen. He probably had the same. Like somebody was hurting. Yeah. Why is mommy hurting daddy? (laughs) Right. Yeah. He probably (laughs) thought the same way. Who knows? But. Well, so he is walking around and there's several people just having sex outside. Yeah. And then he keeps walking and he sees this woman naked straddling a tombstone just crying. Yeah. 
Yeah. You think that was like a, a child or something that she lost or a lover? I don't think she'd be humping a child tombstone. <laughs> oh, no. I would hope not. Why, what, is your mind, what does your mind go to child? I thought she lost a kid because the, he's because there. Because she was <laughs> humping tombstone and she thought she'd find him there? You're right. I don't know. I don't know why. Doesn't it make more this, sense for it to be, I lost like my a... husband, let me hump his tombstone versus <laughs> I lost my child, let me hump their tombstone? Yeah, I think you're right. I, you're right. I don't know. Let's explore this. <laughs> I thought like he was over there searching for a missing child. And for some reason, I thought at that moment. That the mom was actually humping the tombstone <laughs> of the child. You're right. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just saw naked ladies. <laughs> so your mind just like, well, sorry. Logic, went out. <laughs> Logic went out the window. <laughs> okay. Back at the inn. Mm-hmm. Howie goes directly to his room. Yeah, he does. He's like, I've seen enough of this filth. I don't want to have any more. He does his nighttime routine and he writes and he prays. Yeah. And they have a flashback scene of him like in a sermon or doing something where church. he's like, yeah, he's at, church, at yeah. church. And so that I think sets It's to up, show us that he's deeply devout. Yeah. He's a devout, pro, uh, what did you call him? Did you say Christian? He was, oh, right. We don't know. I was about the to lion? call him. <gasps> Full circle. Christian the lion. <laughs> Oh, and this movie started off saying it was a British Lion Productions or something like that. <laughs> a British Lion. All right. It's a conspiracy going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, however, he as he's praying, he's super distracted because there's music playing and there's knocking yep. on the wall that he shares with, with Willow. Willow. Yep. And we see her. And then we see him. They don't see each other. Right, right. But she's rapping on the wall and saying, um, and her song is really just saying, come to me, come to me. Yeah, and, she's sitting um, in the bed all naked and everything. Yeah, she's completely naked. Like, they show everything. Not really, like, there's body doubles because she was pregnant at the time. So she was only allowed to be um, filmed from, like, uh, the waist up. Yeah. And then they had another girl from town be her waist uh, down. So that booty shot that we got and the Macarena else. shot, that's somebody else. She must have been fairly. She was like, I think she was very yeah, early. It couldn't have been too late because she didn't, she didn't look like she had a belly in any of the other shots Correct. with clothes on. Correct. And yeah. she was, she was hot. Yeah. She kind of looked like a brat stall, but she was really cute. Yeah. She was yeah. cute. Especially for that 1973 look that they had going on over there. Yeah, so she's singing for him to come over, and she's doing this like this amazing like kind of just dance throughout the yeah. Dance. Now she's shaking it; he can't see it, but he can feel he the pull right. yeah. because he's like up against the wall and sweating even. Yeah, and he's like, I can't, I can't. And then he, at one point, he opens the door to try to go over, but then God said no and closed the door and sent him off to yeah. bed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I've never been that horny where I'm like. Humped your wall? Yeah, and like fighting myself. How about a tombstone of a child? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Never. But yeah, that was really funny for me because I was like, well, you know, he must really, I mean, I guess, I don't know. That must, the last time I remember that was like when I was 12. I don't know. And then what happened? Okay, so... (laughs) But he stays strong and doesn't give in to her siren call. The next morning, she wakes him up 
And she is asking why he didn't come see her. Yeah, she's like, I was waiting for you. Yeah, he says that he's engaged to be married. And she's like, well, that's probably never stopped you before. And he goes, it means something to me. And that's what she's like, virgin. Yeah. Check. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even catch that. That's what they were trying to test him for until later on when we it became evident. You know, I mean, I, I definitely they were trying to make a point there that he's a holy guy and doesn't want to like sin, even though he's in a place where nobody would find out. Uh, later in the morning, there's this Maypole celebration going on and all the boys from the school, like all the children, um, all the boys are outside uh, doing that Maple thing. I don't know what it all is about. Yeah, but they're talking about that pole with the ribbons on it yeah. and all that. Yeah, and so they're doing. They break out into another song. They break into and, a song, and the song goes, and I will not sing it. He goes, "In the woods there grew a tree, and the very fine tree was he, and on that tree there was a limb, and on that limb there was a branch, and on that branch there was the spray, and on that spray there was a nest, and on that nest there was an egg, and in that egg there was a bird, and on that bird there was a feather, and on that feather there was a bed." And on that bed, there was a girl. And on that girl, there was a man. And from that man, there was a seed. And from that seed, there was a boy. And from that boy, there was a man. And from that man, there was a grave. And on that grave, there grew a tree in the Summer Isle Wood. So it's really just talking about their entire life cycle. Is you're a tree, you grow, and then you go through this whole thing of being. You die, and then you come back to be recycled. And that's really um, what later on in the movie they talk about is it's not about uh, re, uh, reincarnation. No, it's not about um, resurrection. Resurrection. It's about reincarnation. reincarnation yeah. Right. Because they are not Christian. They are pagan. Right. So they, they and they're more in tune with nature as opposed to um, later on in the movie, Christopher Lee says, so the Virgin Mary got impregnated by a ghost. So there's obviously some very direct, like, mm-hmm. just cutoffs. Sure. Um, so then after he sees that scene where they're singing the song, he goes and finds a school where well, all the girls the are. Well, across the way, there's a school, a, a classroom where right. all the girls are. So right. the boys and the girls are separate. Separate, right. And that's where we meet Miss Rose. Mm-hmm. They're, and, like, tapping along to the beat of the song that the boys yeah. are singing outside. And then she kind of starts to go and explain to them, like, a little bit about their their beliefs, you know. Well, um, so really quick, if I may, um, she he's looking at the classroom, penises. going into the classroom, and the teacher is asking what the asking the girls, what does the maple represent? Right. And the girls are kind of shy, but then finally they answer, and they said, "It's a phallic image. Yeah. It's a symbol for, of penises." And that's when Howie is yeah. like, "What the fuck?" Well, you see his he face goes like... in there. He goes into the classroom, <laughs> disrupts it, and um, pulls the teacher aside to discuss. He yeah. says he will be reporting her for indecency. Yeah, she's like, and she what? goes, I didn't know police officers uh, interjected into the school system. They're not supposed to. At the very least, no matter how religious you are, there has to be a separation of church, church and state. and state. And that's not happening in our society today or really ever. Oh, right. Ever. You got real there for a second. Yeah, I did. <laughs> because it pisses me the fuck off. It's I get that I'm a mutt, so to speak, but... Y'all came onto our land and took away our religious beliefs. Why do we have to adhere to yours? Nobody said that you had. Well, maybe they said you had to back then. Nowadays, everybody sort of no, has a right to choose. Nowadays, people are still doing it because they're still shoving this one dominant I'm, I'm, across, like down everybody's throat. Why? Well, I have my own personal um, opinions Can't on Can people on just that. be people and then just... Yeah, but there's so many... I Like, I feel like that... 
with the population, like at this point in time, right now, like they should be denouncing that. But most of the Latin American culture, Central America, South America, like everybody's like hopped up on this whole Jesus thing. That's not true. Not uh, anymore. Well. So I find that there is this. Like basically what you're saying is these people came in. They stole the land. They made the people forced and changed to a whole other religion. But what I'm just saying is like it, nowadays, like there should be an awakening and they should be denouncing that nowadays, and going back to their old indigenous ways. Nowadays, there is there has been an awakening okay. throughout different cultures, throughout different societies. Cool. Nevertheless, if I'm going, why does the word why does the word God appear on my money? Well, that's if true, the true it, God of this country is those greenbacks. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying in the in the Central South American countries, a lot of them. I, I hopefully. What do you mean, a lot of them, and how do you know? Well, because like everywhere you go, there's like the Virgin Mary symbolism. There's like people with Jesus yeah. on a cross everywhere. everywhere. You go. There's also have, a lot of of uh, Latin Americans that are Jewish. There's also a lot of Latin Americans that believe in a more indigenous culture. So. I mean, I know specifically that I have a lot more indigenous culture in my bloodline, and we still very much do a lot of yeah, the well, older practices. But the, I, I'm just saying that it, most of the people that I've come across, they don't seem to be very much going back to their indigenous ways. I just find it funny that I feel like these missionaries separating. came in and took spread the word of their God at the time, and generation after generation people who had no connection to that are still following that in a lot, a pretty predominant way, in my opinion. Well, if somebody is um, in a higher position than you, and in order for you to go at, uh, move forward, move ahead, you have to adhere to what they're saying. More often than not, you're going to try to fall in line so that you can better provide for your family. Yeah, that's true. I understand. It's just one of those things right now, I feel like. that I'm not saying that it's not happening. I'm not saying that I'm not doing it. I'm saying is that it sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. everybody should take their culture and their own religions back and don't be blinded by the white man's religion, which they tried to spread across the world. I don't know. I don't it know. happens in the Asian cultures, too. Tons of Asian cultures are... are you know, Christian. Christian yeah. yeah. And they all are about well, Jesus. And I used to see this, like I had a Filipino friend growing up, I'd go over his house and like whenever his mom would come home, the first thing she would do is go to the Jesus on a cross on her wall and say, oh, thank you, Jesus, for letting me come back home and all that. And it's funny because I was like, in one way, it is like, a Christian worship, but then another way, it's also like idol worship because they're praying or at least praising this wooden statue. Some religions would not agree with that at all. Like even if they believe in the Jesus story, but you don't pray to the statue of Jesus. That's uh, well, anyways. So, again, it's more for me. It's more about just live your life as a good person. Right. Me and too. God does not give a shit whether there's a God. If there's a God doesn't give a shit how you're practicing sure. as long as you're not a dick i just noticed that there's a lot of people in the asian cultures and in the hispanic cultures as well that all seem to have fallen into this whole christianity trap and well yeah just, because our people were slaughtered and okay well whatever we'll move on from that i just raped and slaughtered yeah i get it but so don't continue to follow the people that raped and slaughtered you into it's, believing in that religion i don't you don't. I get that. But I'm saying a lot of people do. You're not normal. You're like, you're pretty unique in your own way. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't. Weird. 
Definitely calling you weird. Okay, so anyway. So after he says he'll report her for indecency, uh, Howie then questions the, girl about, the girls about Rowan's disappearance. Mm-hmm. They all tell him they don't know who she is at all. Yeah, and so he circulates the picture, and while he's doing that, he is erasing their lesson from the board just to write the name Rowan, whatever the fuck, yep. Morrison. Yep. Rowan Morrison. It's like, you just erased their yeah. fucking well, lesson. Well, he doesn't care because he thinks their lesson is garbage. He's like, you guys are fucking t- teaching, like, devil worship over How here. dare you teach them that sex is okay? How fucking dare you? Yep. Looking like a true virgin. And so there is an empty desk in the room. He's like, that's mm-hmm. Rowan's desk. They're like, nope, nope, it's not. He opens the desk. <coughs> and what does he see inside? A, a bug, a, a beetle or something yeah, that's tied a to a string. <laughs> that's on a nail hammered into the desk. Yeah. And the one girl's like, he just keeps going around in circles until he comes. And there's like no more string left. And she laughs like, ha, ha, ha. And the guy's like, why would you do that then? <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't save it. No, he doesn't save it. He just pushes the thing it's back down. Like a true, true Puritan. I don't want to see it. Puritan. Um, that's the word. You <laughs> um, he then asks for the roster. The roster. For the ledger for the all of the clap. kids. <laughs> no. And so <laughs> then he, when you're she's dorm. telling him, uh, you need approval from Lord Summerall. He's like, I don't need it. And then he like fucking physically like removes Grabs, it from her yeah. like what the fuck this, yeah. this fucking this guy's a dick well he is but he's like i get that he's trying to save this child but don't be a dick about it he's just ba- blown away by this society that he's surrounded by he just happened to see an orgy outside at night he was like so he should just you know, rub one out what's the male equivalent to rubbing one out that's the male equivalent well, girls kind of rub out. Is that where you get it wrong? That's how I see it. Guys rub, I guess. I don't know. I've always heard rub one out. I thought that was like a... doesn't really make sense because you're not really rubbing, per se. You're like jerking. <laughs> Jerk one out. Stroking. Stroke you're stroking. But rubbing, I always thought, you know. Anyway, so yeah. Um, so he finds, he goes into the ledger and then he finds Rowan's name. Yes, he does. And, and then he calls them despicable liars. These yeah, little girls. He's calling absolutely. them despicable all liars. All of you. You're all liars. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he shouts out things like obstruction of justice. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So he, he takes that little bit of information and he starts to. Well, so then the teacher says, hey. Stop yelling at my fucking children. Let's talk She talk, takes him outside, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he give, she gives him the lowdown and says, look, we don't talk about death we or We don't believe dying. in the word dead. Yeah. She um, doesn't even voice the word. She goes. That doesn't translate well on either medium that we have. <laughs> so for those of you listening, I've voiced the word dead without saying she anything. She just mouths the word dead. Yeah. She doesn't say it. And then for you guys watching, you saw my mouth. Do nothing. Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She she says this. She says, we believe when the human life is over, the soul returns to the trees, to the air, to the fire, to water, to animals. Mm -hmm. And so essentially she's saying that Rowan is dead, but she has begun her reincarnation uh, cycle. Yeah. So he is upset that no one around him is uh, around no one in this town is learning about Christianity. And he keeps saying Christianity. And then he's like, where is, um, so is she buried in the church's yeah. cemetery? And she's like, 
I wouldn't really call it a church because no churchy (laughs) things have been going on here. More pagan things, but like I don't know. Um, But so he goes to the cemetery. The cemetery is just like maybe on the other side of the school, and it is an it's enormous. It's open, of course. It's an open. like there's no gates or anything. Right. Which is, he just walks like, right we in. We can't there. go like I live by Inglewood Park Cemetery. You can't drive in there whenever you need to visit your loved one. You have to go during normal office hours and they sell flowers out front. Sure. <laughs> like it hasn't been taken care of. Not the tombstones anyway, not not the structure itself, right. not any altars that they had in place. I don't know um what was supposed to be there, but it's all just It's just like run down and everything but the one weird thing is that there's like trees planted over all of the grave yeah, sites there's a tree on each yeah person because each person has to be recycled right, right and right. he sees the caretaker and the caretaker oh no as he's reading uh the tombstones as he's walking in he sees one that says here lies beach buchanan oh yeah protected by the ejaculation of serpents yeah <laughs> What does that mean? I don't know. How does so serpents like ejaculate? Venom? Is it venom? No. Like little snake cum? Do snakes cum? That they're, yeah, they have like, to. So they jack off the snakes and then... No, I don't know how that works. Most snakes have orgies. Well, some snakes do, I think. They roll them. There's one female, a bunch of males, and they all like roll up into a big ball of snakes. You know why that is? So they can't pin child support on any one snake. <laughs> <laughs> well, most snakes don't carry, uh, care for their young. They have their babies and then the babies just hatch from the eggs and then they go off into the world without any um, So there parents. is a snake orgy on top of his grave? Maybe. The one snake that does actually protect its um, babies and stays with them until they hatch is the cobra. It's a cobra? Yeah, cobra. Oh, that's the... You don't know what a cobra is? Yes, of course. I think everybody knows the cobra is the... (laughs) (laughs) But I learned that from Ricky Tikki Tavi. I'm just confirming. That's all. In in Ricky Tikki Tavi, that's why he goes to like go kill the eggs, but there's one egg left. And did you ever see that movie? No, but I know Ricky Tikki Tavi from Lamb Chop's Play Along. It was a song that they sang. Yeah, it's it's this great animated movie it's probably it's a book by i think somebody named like coupling or something like that like from the jungle book kipling oh is that the jungle book guy yeah never mind then don't believe a word <laughs> i say uh ricky tiki tavi it's a it's a book i believe it's also an animated movie about a mongoose and a white family that lives in india and these two cobras that want to kill the the owner, the the white people that live there, and the mongoose. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. So also on the tombstone is a woman who is breastfeeding a baby oh, right. and balancing an egg on the other hand. Right, that whole... That whole I mean, and she's kind of doing one of these, you know, football hold on the baby yeah. and also balancing an egg on the Now, room. I was hoping that that wasn't just an actress and a child actor. I was hoping that it was really, like, her baby. <laughs> Did the thought not cross your mind? No. Why are you so weird? <laughs> <laughs> this is like so. Okay, these kids latched onto would, her titty. What, I'm like, I hope would, that's his mama. <laughs> what, would, <laughs> what would prompt the kid to stay latched on? 
it's not sexual for them at this point. And we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but it's beating. And then, okay. Wait, you're telling me that if you gave a hungry baby to any woman with breasts, that it wouldn't try to like latch onto any breasts? Only its mom's breast. Hey, first of all, that was a big baby. <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I was worried. I was like, I hope that's his mom. <laughs> I'm sure it was his mom. Um, but he was, the baby was feeding. And so that apparently was like a fertility kind of ritual because mm-hmm. she wants a second baby. Gotcha. And that's what that is supposed gotcha. to be. But the baby is disrupted from its feeding because uh, then Howie goes across and he like, finds like this like altar kind of thing and then moves he's, all the baskets on yeah. he's pissed off and he creates like a makeshift crucifix. Yeah. It, and he places it on there. It looked like to me that they were empty baskets for apples. Maybe. That's what it looked like. You're right. You're right. And then he breaks the wood and creates a cross and puts it on top of that tombstone. Yeah, saying yeah. your faith is mine's now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what he was saying, yeah. And, so and that then sucks. he's going to meet the caretaker soon, right? Who then? Yeah, so he meets the caretaker, uh, the groundskeeper, groundskeeper who plants. Yeah. He, who's he's the one who plants the trees on each person's grave, and how he notices, he goes, "That's a." He goes, "What is that tree right there?" And he goes, "Oh, that's a Rowan Rowan tree." Oh, well, who's there? Well, Rowan is there, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and Rowan he goes, "Yeah, she's Morrison. been about seven months." And yeah, and then he, he's like, well, "What's that hanging from the tree?" Oh, and he's like, navel. "Oh, her navel. What does he call it? Navel passage or something like <laughs> yeah, that." Like, <laughs> <laughs> the umbilical cord just oh, hanging off gross. the tree. So does that mean that they saved the umbilical cord all the way? All up? the way. Who knows? That's what I was wondering too. I think the little juicy, like fresh. Yeah, I know, right? It wasn't like dried up and like. You think they kept it in like crumbly. formaldehyde or something? They're pagans. Who knows what they were doing? They're weird. Yeah. <laughs> So now he's at least found out. And the groundskeeper just laughs at him. Like, yeah, he then finds out that at least, okay, I think I know that Rowan has been sacrificed or killed. Here's her tomb. Um, and I have a grave site now. Yeah, yeah. So, and so from there, where does he go? He goes back to May Morrison's post office slash candy shop. Okay, right. And when we get there, May is coaxing Myrtle to put a frog in her mouth. Yeah. Because uh, Myrtle has a sore throat and they want to give it to the frog. Yeah. So she puts the frog in her mouth, holds it for a few seconds, and then takes it, it out. Takes and it then out. the frog starts croaking. Yeah. And she's like, see, he took your, uh, he did your sore, throat, sore away. throat away. And Howie looks at them and he goes, you're all raving mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's Scottish. And he makes his way to the registrar's office. And that's just the record keeping place where he's trying to look for... The record of death, death for Rowan. Right, yeah. And so he meets the clerk there, and he is, of course, uh, threatening the clerk. Right. She does one of those things again where she's like, you can't see it unless you have permission from he goes, the you need ago. authority. He goes, you need, you need authorization. And he goes, I have it. And she shows, he shows her his badge. And she goes, you need authorization from Lord Summerisle. And yeah. he goes, I don't need it. Yeah, right. And he says he's going to arrest her and take her to mainland jail if he does not. If she does not let him review the records. Right. And then she's like, I, I guess I got no choice. So he goes through the records, does not find anything about Rowan's death. And so then after that, um, I think it's he's going to start to make his way up to... Does he try to take off first? No. So then after that, he goes to the photographer's shop. And the photographer is a photographer slash chemist. Yes. And he's the guy who takes all the pictures for the harvest festival, right. for funerals. He's just a photographer. Right. But he's a chemist first. And we know that because he has things like a 
bucket of foreskins. Oh, and, right. uh, <laughs> yeah. What? Wait, so how does that equal fetuses. chemists? I don't know, because he's many... experimenting. Maybe he's a town doctor. So they all were circumcised, every one of those little boys, I guess, huh? Maybe that's why their crops are failing. <laughs> Um, he also then tells them that he doesn't keep negatives or du- duplicates or anything like that. Correct. It's one and done type deal. And the picture is basically Because lost. he's asking for the picture of the Harvest Festival from the previous right. year. Right. And he's like, it should be on the wall. And he's like, no, it's not on the wall over there. It's gone. He's like, oh, It was well, broken. I don't know. So unable to find answers, he succumbs to the vi- and visits Lord Summer He sucks cum. Oh, yes, he sucks cum. He's a virgin. He doesn't know how to do it. Um, And on his way there, he's getting taken there with like a horse-drawn carriage. (laughs) And there's, um, they pass this beautiful orchard. And there are pregnant women just frolicking through the orchards. Just super pregnant. Yeah. And then he continues moving forward. And there's... um, A bunch of young girls. But like there's like a field. And there's these younger women, kind of like uh, teenagers, maybe early, late 20s, early mid-20s. Maybe even teenagers. But they're nude. They're not fully nude, but they're no, they're, meant they're to supposed be. to be naked, but they're wearing um, those like flesh color stockings because it was. It's a little in, bit noticeable. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be summer, spring, um, but it was uh, filmed in October, November. Yeah. So it was yeah. cold. Yeah. It was supposed to be naked. Okay. It's well, supposed to be a nude. There's scene. a bonfire in the middle of them, and then they all start to do this ritual. Yeah. So they're... they're sitting around there. Miss Rose comes out and does some weird hand gestures, kind of like blessing the ceremony. Right. And the girls are jumping over the flames. Yeah. The bonfire. And they are singing the following. Right. Another song. Yes. Take the flame within you. Burn and burn below. Fire seed and fire feed make the baby grow. Take the flame within you. Burn and burn belay. Um, Fire seed and fire feed and make the baby stay. Take the flame within you. Burn and burn belong. Fire seed and fire feed and make the baby strong. Take the flame within you, burn and burn belie. Uh, belie. Fire seed and fire feed and make the baby cry. Take the flame within you, burn and burn begin. Fire seed and fire feed make the baby king. So really it's saying, fire, fuck me, have me, have, um, uh, have me impregnated. Let's have the baby born and have the baby succeed. Yeah. Birth the fire. Birth of fire. You know, those also would probably really work in like a metal song. Yes. Well, <laughs> how does what's how does it go again? Take the flame within you. Exactly. Burn and burn below. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just uh send some real death metal. Fire seed, fire feed, make the baby grow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Roots, bloody roots. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. <coughs> You're gonna mess up your voice doing that. I already did. There's a technique to it so that you don't end up sounding like that guy from Independence Day. David, why did I just send oh, my mother David. to Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Okay, um, at the castle, Howie continues, once he's inside, he continues to look at the naked girls dancing on the fire from the window. Yeah, yeah. And that's where Christopher Lee makes his appearance. Yeah, he's like just hiding out in his little chair back there, not making a sound. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, you like the sight of those little girls? 
to you, perv. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And he's, he says, uh, I hope the sight of our young people are, is refreshing. And he's like, no, this is disgusting. Yeah. And he goes, one should always be open to the regenerative influences. Yeah. And he's not wrong. Right. Cheers to that one for me. Hold on. He cheers yourself. Fine, I'll mm-hmm. cheers myself too. Cheers. You should always me. cheers yourself. I got my, my mug now instead of drinking out of that big ass wine glass. <laughs> You weren't complaining when it was full of beer. It looks funny. It was not meant for beer. Like a, like a lot of uh, uh, a big old glass of Chardonnay. It's like a sissy wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so he, uh, so Howie makes they make introductions. Whatever Howie wants to exhume the body of Rowan because he is convinced that, that she's, she's been buried. murdered. Yeah. Yeah, and he goes and he's like trying to ask for permission. Yeah, he's asking for permission, but. Lord Samurai goes, well, you better do it then. Yeah, he doesn't even tell him no, He's like, really. go do it. <laughs> and then he keeps talking about, um, even after allowing it, um, Howie then says that he seems unconcerned. Dickie just told you to go fucking do it. Yeah, right. Um, he tells uh, Howie that they're looking, f- um, that the girls up there um, at the fire, um, he says, well, they're looking uh, for impregnation without intercourse. And talking about how um, the go- the old gods aren't dead here, and that really pisses off Howie because he's like, "What about the one true god?" Right, right. But and then, he's like, "What about him?" He goes, "He's dead here." Yeah. Doesn't Christopher Lee make some sort of a mention of to like a virgin birth? Like how? Well, yeah. So that's when that's when he said um, uh, when when he said that there was a virgin birth with with. Uh, Mother Mary, that's right. what Howie said. And and uh, Lord Summerall says, well, you mean she got impregnated by a ghost, I believe. <laughs> kind of making fun of it. But um, <clears throat> they go through the whole, um, like a tour of the facility. And he tells a story of his grandfather purchased the island. It was barren. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't bear fruit. And so they created this strain of, of apples. And they grew well on the island. And that's how they became you know, a, a prosperous community and that throughout the years, you know, they've been able to realize that it was nature that was helping them, not God helping them. So that's why they're doing things for the sun God or for the the goddess of the orchards and such. Yeah. And then basically it's a safe haven for their pagan rituals and they're in a you know they're they're not hurting anybody they're off in their own island doing their own thing they're not trying to convert people you know that's the one thing i I mean i don't mind when people want to have their own practices but it's like when you start trying to preach to everybody to try to get them to join your cult cult (laughs) yeah it's just it's a little too much you know be happy with your own belief and if you like it do your things that's fine but don't go around and try to convert the rest of the world if we're all wrong then let us figure it out on our own that's all i can say Seriously, do you really want your heaven that crowded? Leave me alone. Hell is going to be one big after party, I'll tell you that. Hell doesn't exist. You sure about that? Yes. Well, if it does, I'm just saying it's going to be <laughs> one big after party with like all the cool kids. So later that night, the body is exhumed. Oh, right. Yeah. And the body is a hair. Peter Rabbit. <laughs> no, it's a hair. <laughs> And the 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 um, groundskeeper is cracking up because he's like, "There's your Rowan for you." So he how he makes his way back up to Lord Samarial's place, and he's there singing a song, another song, with um, 
Miss Rose, the teacher. And they're doing like this back and forth kind of love kind of song. And he throws the hair at them. And then she's like, what the hell? They go, you found Rowan. Yeah, yeah. Which is all part of their plan. Right, I know. This is So that's what's even crazier. That's why he gave him the permission to do the exhumation. Yeah, that's what's even crazier about this whole thing is that they've sought him out. And I know we didn't get there yet, but like it's uh, it's like how we were talking with high tension, how there's so much riding on the fact that in order to get her to follow and grab this and do that and all that, like it's a lot, you know, it's a whole big plot that's set up and they have to make sure that all the pieces fall into place. And if one little thing like if he would have got pissed and left, they would have right. been shit out of they've luck. They've been controlling him this right. entire time. So he makes his, um, he's infuriated how he is pissed the fuck off and he's like i will demand a full a full inquiry into this heathen island <laughs> yeah um and the lord says the lord says the lord, lord says <laughs> lord summer lord christopher lee says <laughs> he's glad um that howie will not be in town for the mayday celebration but he says it in a way of like well fine i'm glad you're leaving then you won't be in town for our mayday celebration and i'm all good with that yeah Huh? Huh? Because yeah. Howie gets this weird look in his eye. He's like, uh-huh. 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 He, breaks, uh, he breaks into the photographer's place and starts searching all the photos. And he finds the Harvest Festival photo that was missing. And it's Rowan with empty... Are you trying to eat while we're doing no. this? Bro! No, no. Give me that. There's nothing in there. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I just, I knew you would react that way to it. I'm sorry. You know, from where I'm sitting, I can I know. kick you right Come in the balls. On. I don't want to edit, so. He finds a picture of Rowan, and it's her as the as the harvest queen, but all of these empty or near empty baskets, and that's what the harvest is. And that's when he realizes that the harvest failed. Right, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, well, this is starting to make sense now. Mm-hmm. So. But he thinks that they sacrificed her, even though the body's not in the thing. Right. So then later on the street, we see that there's some kids marching with this baby doll down the street, just marching, saying, we carry death out of our village. We carry death out of our village. And it's they're walking right across where um, Sergeant Howie is researching Mayday. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Mayday. Yeah. Not Mayday. Right. Mayday. Mayday. (laughs) Did you notice that? I think this already happened when he went back to Rowan's mom. That she had a cake and it was like a cake of a baby. Mm-hmm. And she was like cutting the cake of a baby into sections and pieces. But right, she cut is, out right. the the mids like she she cut a few different pieces and then she removes a piece, but the piece the section of the cake she took out was like the torso? Yeah, or just below that, like the pelvic area. The pelvic area of the baby is well, the piece of so cake. This she's is what I'm telling out. you, like the whole, like, that's why it's so brilliant because everything is planned out and there are clues everywhere. It's everything is sexualized. Everything is pointed to, oh, this is so creepy. Something else has to be happening here. Why is she cutting up a baby? Right. You know? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that that happened. Um, but back where he was researching, he's re- researching uh, and there's this old book yeah. and it's talking about May Day celebrations. Yeah, so here he finds out some details yeah. about it. And he it. finds out that it's this huge celebration. It's... 
um, they sacrifice to the sun god mm-hmm. and the goddess of the orchards yeah. and the gods of the ocean yeah. uh, so that they can have bountiful harvest, harvest. Th- yeah. that year. And they also kind of show that that there's a whole dress up and costume right. thing. So going there's on. three main characters to the May Day celebration. Yeah. One of them is a man animal at the head of the procession. And it's this guy. A man animal? A man animal. <laughs> <laughs> He's carrying like um, this costume that's like a horse head. Like imagine like his dick would be as big as a horse head now i don't know if and that was, what it was meant to be. he's it's on suspenders but it's covered it's a huge costume yeah you and were you his, were a little his, bit go ahead his uh so his part of the of the parade is the women go in the parade first and then it's this guy's character who's chasing them with this horse head yeah so that's why i'm like well this is all of the this is what it means like yeah but maybe it's just a guy riding on a horse no so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got a giant horse. He's for chasing a... the girls. It's I know on a horse. Why? Because people rode horses back. But then. why is he chasing them? What? What? What makes more sense that this horse head was supposed to symbolize his penis? Just because there's so much more like penises going on in this movie. Like, I don't think the horse head was his dick. I think that it was a man on top of a fake horse. But why was he chasing the girls? Because that's how they would do it back then. Like. Nowadays, you'd go do it in your car, right? What? Yeah, you drive around in your fancy car to go chase the girls. I need you to list out everywhere that you've been (laughs) the past 12 years. (laughs) Um, The next character is the man-woman who's played by the community leader. Yeah, of course, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. The man-woman. And then the man-fool who's Punch. And this is... Um, the most complicated character as he is a simpleton and is king of the day. Yeah, he gets to be king for a day is right. what they say. So after all of this, he, he hypothesizes that Rowan, she's not dead. She's captured somewhere because she's going she's to be sacrificed. Be sacrificed. Yeah, and now he's like, that's why I'm sent over. That's why nobody's acknowledging is yeah. because they want me to save her. Yeah, he sees the little... Uh, drawing of the six or seven swords that like right so there's also other characters of course but also there are six swordsmen and those six swords kind of make like, like a this um like star a shape star of david kind of thing and then they and that's what they're going to use to execute right yeah, yeah right and we'll get there when we get to the thing so howie's like fuck this i am leaving I'm going to go bring a whole bunch of people. So he goes to where his boat was, his boat was, his uh, plane was on the harbor. And he's getting ferried to his plane. <laughs> dingied. He's dinging to his plane. <laughs> and he tells the harbor master that he's going to come back with more police officers. And when we look on land, there's all of these masked strangers just staring at them really creepy. Yeah, they like have like rabbit heads and turtle heads and fish heads or whatever. And they like kind of like come up. Out of nowhere. And, and when he like, when when his plane won't start, they go down. They go down. They yeah. hide. Um, and so the plane won't start. And he's he's like, I, I don't know like what happened. What happened? He's asking the harbor master. He's like, Well, if any kids were fucking with that, I would have seen them. Right. 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 Uh so then how he's like, I'll just find her myself. Um, so he goes back into town, but he's lured to the rehearsal space. And I'm saying that he's lured to the rehearsal space because the guy that's in the horse costume, yeah. he is making sounds and Howie like turns to go find him and he waits just enough 
makes another sound until he follows him. He follows him to like the center yeah. where they're building the costume still, where they're, they're rehearsing. And then um, he's peering in and he sees that, um, you know, everybody's getting ready and uh, Lord Summerisle is making an announcement. We're going to meet at three o'clock over yeah. here by this thing. We're going to walk and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And there's going to be the ultimate sacrifice, like making it like, idiot proof yeah so this guy knows exactly what they're going to do yeah hey did that one scene happen already where the girl was in the cupboard no. oh that didn't happen yet. no okay all right i didn't want to jump the gun on that all right <laughs> i know i'm gonna give you one of these you're on because <laughs> he loved that scene it's great right. so after that after he discovers their plan by them telling him what the plan is and saying, come over here and listen to our plan. Uh, Howie runs into Mae Morrison's and lets her know, did you know your daughter is alive? She's going to be sacrificed. And she's like, oh, you're a funny old man. Why haven't you left yet, right? Right. And um, he's like, your daughter is alive. And she tells him to just stay out of it. And uh, he doesn't know what sacrifice is. So he decides to search every house. And I mean, he's going to search every house. As in, when somebody opens the door, he like, Pushes his way in there, pushes aside the women that's there and goes and searches. And there's, you know, a woman in the bath at one point. There's uh, little kids playing at some point. There's one point where there's this, um, like, crate and there's feet sticking out of it. And he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he pulls the blanket and it's a fucking clown. He yeah. sees from somebody's window that there's this boat off in the distance. So he's like, oh, I'm go check that boat. And he goes and he checks that boat. And then also. He goes to the closet. Wait, what happened to the boat? Nobody's in the boat. <laughs> she's on the boat. He comes back on land, continues searching. He's um kind of breaking doors down as he's um as he's going through. Like he he nobody's home, so he like put pushes his way in. Yeah, and so then he goes and finds this in this one room. He opens up a closet door of some sorts, a, a dresser or something like that, and out falls a body of a. Young girl. Of a little girl. She goes plop, falls straight she, on the on the floor, which that's a lot of commitment for somebody to for have a kid. to do. Yeah, especially knowing that it's a floor. No, yeah, and because here, as soon as she hits, you see her face kind of crack a little bit, and then she starts laughing, <laughs> and then how? Like, <laughs> and then she runs off with a smirk on her face. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. But, because she's like this fucking idiot. Right. That was that was funny. That was really funny. Though. But so he searches and searches, but to no avail. He cannot find her. No. He makes his way back to the Green Men Inn. And that is, you know, a tavern and whatever. But that's where he spent the night with Willow. Um, he, he doesn't even say, I want a room. He goes behind the counter, grabs a key and says, I'm going to take a nap for 30 minutes. I do not want to be disturbed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, at that point in time, Willow and her dad are kind of like looking in, in this room, like, is he asleep? I think he's and sleeping. And that's the brilliance of it yeah. because they're saying it. They're having this discussion about being sneaky against him. Yeah. They're having the discussion at his doorway in loud whispers. And he's awake the whole time, but they Of course he's awake. He just went to he, bed. He doesn't think that they know. And they're it, saying, um, and Willow and do. the dad are talking about there, they have something that's gonna put him to sleep for days. Like he'll miss the festival, he won't be a problem for us. Just miss the festival, just days of sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And then they go and Willow puts like a candle at his bed, and then as she's um, I mean on his nightstand, and then she leaves the room and she goes 
uh, my little sergeant, you're going to sleep for a while now and leaves. And that's when the sergeant kind of peeks over, opens his eyes and it's a hand, a hand. on fire. Like it's like, like the fingers, fingers are, are candles. The candles. Yeah. yeah. But and I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucking brilliant because it's like the most outlandish thing. It's probably not even something that they do. They just right. thought, this is stupid enough. It's so he's gonna, stupid he'll believe he's it. He's going to believe it. And so... <laughs> he knocks it over and starts putting out the flames and shit. Yep. And that's when we see Willow is like, well, I'm going to go to the festival. And the dad's like, well, I'm going to get dressed because he is going to... He's the one that's going to be dressed as... The manful. Punch. The manful. That's, the, that's his name? Punch. 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 So, um, of course, what happens is he's changing and the sergeant comes up behind um, Mr. McGregor and punches him, like hits him in the back with something, but knocks him out. Yeah, it was... um... It's something like heavy. I want to say like it was a like candle a stick or something. Stick or, but yeah. he steals his costume. He puts it on and he steals his costume. Yep. And so then he's dressed up as the man fool. And, no, and, and he, it's a celebration. And he joins the parade. That's right. And so we start to see Christopher Lee in his uh, man woman outfit. Oh, I know, but he's so cute. He's even wearing chucks. I don't know if they're chucks. I, I think they were kids. Look, but they're, but- <laughs> But they were definitely like like old school sneakers. But he's like prancing. You know? He's skipping through the yeah, road. He's, like, <laughs> he's got his long hair. Right. And Punch is there. Punch <laughs> is at this point now Howie. And he's, um, he's you know, they're, they're skipping down the road because they're coming around the road, uh, around this sacred road. And they're going up to like this mini Stonehenge. Yeah. And when they get in there, um, they kind of just all spread out. <clears throat> excuse me they all spread out and then the six swordsmen create that star of david yep. in the center because there's this like little altar so to speak like yep. on the floor and everybody has to pass through put their heads in through that little bit yeah and they lower the swords and then, and then if they don't slice their heads off they're good yeah it's like a game they're playing mm-hmm. so basically each one by one each person's going through and then eventually uh christopher lee's character tells the other guy come on you gotta do it too yeah you gotta do it he's like Mm -hmm. it's part of the game we play whatever so he goes in and then he puts his head in there he doesn't get his head chopped off and then a few more like people people later it's a hair somebody dressed in a hair costume yeah and the swords drop and and every the music stops and and they slice the head off and then all of a sudden you see the body drop and they're like, oh, but then it's another little girl playing another little joke. It's and Polly. She, Polly. And she, yeah, she throws off this fake apparatus up top, which was mm-hmm. like fake head. And, and they all like, laugh and they're like, oh, this is hilarious. Let's go to the beach. Yeah, let's go to the beach. <laughs> and so they go to the beach and they get these big old barrels of ale and they puncture them and they roll them into the ocean. Yeah, such a waste. I'm sure it probably wasn't ale. Don't feel bad. Probably more water. Just and and they sacrifice it to the ocean. Yeah, right. They dump the big barrel of ale into the ocean, Um, and then pretty soon after that, we're gonna see Rowan Morrison makes her first appearance in the movie, and he his eyes light up. He's like, "Whoa, I knew it!" Well, after they threw the ale the ale in. the Lord Summerisle says, and for those who command the fruits of the earth, a more dreadful sacrifice. And the camera pans over to the top of the top of, of the mountain that's just, well, I guess the top of the cliffs above the beach. And there's Rowan. 
And that's when Punch is like, I'm saving her. And nobody chases him. Nobody follows him. But he just runs over to her. And he looks like he's bouncing like on moon shoes because of the costume. And it's jingling, jangling because it's yeah. got bells on yeah. it. And he goes and he like, does he punch somebody out? I think he does. I think he knocks and then somebody out. He knocks somebody out and then he unties her and then they run into she, the cage. Yeah, she tells him, follow me, follow me. Do you me. know what I they're going to do to me? Do yeah. you know what they're going to do to me? Help me. I don't want to be here. Yeah. And so they run into the cave to disappear. And he's trying all his tactics to kind of get rid of the, you know, they, they he gets her crown and throws it on the opposite direction where they're going. And the only way to escape is to go up through this narrow um exit up, up from the cave like just going completely like up right and they get out and they and they uh they make it safe and they look and roman is kind of really happy yeah because she sees lord summer sees yep. Willow, he just, he right sees, they pop out on the other side and they're just sitting there like they yeah, expected but their him makeup to is gone their costumes right gone. absolutely yep and then he does a motion to Rowan, like Christopher yeah, Lee does. Yeah, she goes, like, did I do good? Did I do good? She runs up yep, to yeah. him. She, and, and then she gets to go to her mom. Yep, and her mom takes her away. Mm-hmm. And he's all happy. And then in a nutshell, they're like, well, Mr. Howie, or whatever your name is. Like, yeah, Sergeant you Howie. Ha- you thought that you were here to do this, but that, guess what? We were seeking you out the whole time because you are our perfect human. He, right, yeah, because they start to talk about like it's either you sacrifice an animal or you sacrifice a child of some sort, or you find the perfect adult. That's right. So he says, "Welcome, fool. You have come under your own free will, which he had. Um, you will undergo death and rebirth. Although you're not the one who's going to be rebirthed, <laughs> right?" Uh, they said, "We control every your every thought and action since you've been here. Yeah, the right kind of adult is one that came under came of his own free will." Has the power of a king, which he has as a police sergeant. Um, I lost my place. Was a virgin. Um, is a virgin and is a fool. Right, and he was the fool right. because who's who? Who else would have chosen to dress up as like a king fool? for a day? Yeah, yeah. But a fool. But a fool. She says it in a nice way. Like, who goes defeated and and just defeated? Yeah. He just goes oh, and just starts walking away like they're gonna just let him leave. Yeah. He just starts yeah. walking away. And that big guy that was playing the horseman. Yeah, who was humping Willow in the beginning. Yeah, he just picks him up. Yeah, he's he like, picks nope. Him up, he starts him. fighting him. And then so he says, you're going to go into death, rebirth. They strip him. They clean him. They anoint him. And they dress him. Yeah, he doesn't really put much of much, uh, put up much of a fight. He's just like, oh, okay, here's my hands. Clean me. They put the robe on him. They tie the belt around him. So and he's like a little like, you know. He says, uh, Lord Summerell says, it is time to keep your appointment with the wicker man. With the wicker man, yeah. That's right. And they takes they walk him up further up the mountain, and there's this huge effigy, this huge burning man. Man figure made out of sticks yep. and bundles of whatever, tinder. And inside there's an opening like what joke do you want to make? No. Okay. Inside <laughs> I'll keep that one to myself. <laughs> <Inside>. <laughs> I just saw you like itching to interrupt me. You said Tinder. I was going to make a dating app joke, but apparently that was not going to go over well. No. <laughs> so. so in the torso area, there was an, <laughs> there was an opening. Um, but like the head, the arms, the legs, there were different compartments where there yeah, were other animals. Filled with animals. Yeah. But now 
no animals were actually used that that were actually used were actually harmed during this part of the scene. Well, I hope not. So the animals, you know, are there and there and as soon as um as soon as uh, Sergeant Howie sees it, his reaction is the real reaction because he absolutely did not see that until that scene. Oh, really? He was really freaked the fuck out. So his reaction of Oh, Jesus God, yeah. was his actual reaction. That's always cool when a director or somebody... Well, that, that was his choice. Bit. That was the actor's choice. Oh, he said gonna... every time they try to show him, he's like, no, I don't want to see it. I don't oh, want to see it. okay. So that way he had his real reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that was really like you felt that. You were like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. Like, what would you do in that situation? People are just ushering you in to be locked up into this thing with all these animals. Do you know... Um, this is a, a something that's off topic, but has to do with the thing. It's a, a Sopranos reference, real quick. You know, do you remember the episode where um, Christopher and Polly get lost in uh, in the snow? In the snow, right? No, I don't remember that. So you, you know, um, when they finally get through to Tony, and he takes uh, Bobby to go, mm-hmm. and then Bobby comes with his full like hunting gear on. And Tony just starts cracking up, right? <laughs> in the scene, the real scene, when it was being filmed, to surprise James Gandolfini, they had Bobby or whoever it was dressed up in like a bear costume. But like they didn't tell him. So when he comes around the corner, that reaction of Tony <laughs> laughing was because he saw him in a bear costume. Like, what the fuck is this? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I love that show. Okay. Where the fuck were we? Well, we were right at the fact that he was surprised oh. with his reaction. Yeah, so he was he was he was just taken like just completely yeah. by surprise and it was it's really intimidating. Can you imagine being in a space where you know you're fucking done and there's no end in sight, no yeah. escape, no yeah. light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel that's not overshadowed by somebody's silhouette with a hatchet. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, just to see a gigantic you know, wooden figurine like that. You know that they're gonna light on fire, and there's animals stuck inside. Well, so he's carried into like he's like thrown over somebody's shoulder. And the carried, big guy, that the big same guy, big guy, and carried yeah. into the belly of the beast, so yeah. to speak, and locked in there. Yeah, props and just to, above him. Sorry, I was just gonna say props to that big guy too because he literally had to carry a man on his <laughs> yeah. shoulder up a ladder and put him inside the. the like, I had a hard time coming up those stairs right now. I know. I was, I was like, whoa, you know, he's gigantic guy. I mean, there was once before when he threw him over his shoulder, they were on the side of a mountain and like, you know, it's steep. Yeah. And for a second there, how he's, you know, Sergeant, how he rolls down a little bit yeah. and the big guy gets him. I just was like, wow. Like, right, Cause the guy was big, but he also he wasn't was also like strong. Well, yes, he was big and he's strong, but he also doesn't look like he's got the best balance he in the world. Jiggly. Yeah, yeah. So going up the stairs with a man on his shoulder looked like it was a little difficult. Right. But. So he's in there and he's locked. And in, in, in filming the scene, the goat that's right above him got so scared that <laughs> it, it actually peed, peed on, on him. him. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Oh my gosh. So they're start start lighting everything and um he start and you know this whole time how Sergeant Howie's saying, think what you're doing, think what you're doing. And and at one point before they put him in there, he starts telling the villagers, before they put him in there, starts telling the villagers, if you sacrifice me and your harvest fails again, next time they're gonna sacrifice you, Lord Summer Isle, because you'll need the next level up. Yeah. He's like, No. It's not going to fail. Right. It's not going to fail. He's like, I'm certain. Yeah. I'm certain. Yep. He's like, my granddaddy and my daddy, and we all did this. And mom, he, daddy, oh. and. 
You're stupid. You're really dumb. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> um, so and once he's locked in, the people are chanting and they're praying. And then Howie preaches the word of the Lord. And he's yeah. saying that I am going to be uh, resurrected, not reincarnated. Yeah. I am a Christian man. Um, but they light the wicker man and they start to sing. And they sing, summer is to come in. In loudly, uh, I don't know. Don't worry about that. I'll tell you one thing I noticed. But in they're that doing scene, this lot of swaying and really like singing and chanting, and it's just it feels really fun. Yeah. But then you hear, <laughs> you hear when finally Howie starts screaming and and he starts singing about you know his faith and and um, the animals are shrieking and because it's set on fire at this point. Yeah. And the, the animals for that scene, they had removed them. So even they though, say. Even though the actress, um, Bridget, what's She's her name? Uh, Britt Eckerd. Yeah. She said that animals were killed there. They weren't killed in that scene because they specifically used, they, okay. they specifically used figures. Animals did die during the scene, but those are mostly for uh, dinner purposes. Okay. Anyways, that's uh, one thing I did forget about the animals for a second. One thing that I noticed in that scene when the flames were creeping up, there was a actor. Maybe it was Edward Woodward still. But there was a human being that's still inside when the flames are about halfway up that thing. Because I saw this shot where the flames were st- underneath where he would have been mm-hmm. they were pretty thick but climbing and you could see somebody inside still moving slightly mm-hmm. so i'm pretty sure they let him sit there for as long as they could and they're like all right get him out and then because then the flames start going up mm-hmm. higher and higher and start burning the midsection mm-hmm. obviously by that time i'm sure they took everybody <laughs> right. out because he made but, movies afterwards <laughs> but i'm just saying that it was a part where i was like oh my god there's somebody that's still in there and the flames were really close what if they just had a platform directly behind the the the, the wicker man and then you can see through yeah uh, maybe maybe not but it was 73 you know sometimes so, anyway let's just move on from um that. and the animals are freaking out and that like is a sound that you don't forget because no. they sound like they were really scared well that's what i'm saying maybe that she wasn't totally wrong what if so wouldn't he have died from smoke inhalation before he died of being charred? It were outside. If it was an inside fire, maybe. But it was all climbing and you saw the smoke there. Yeah, it could possibly. But I mean, I'm just saying like mm. it, it could possibly happen for sure. But I, I'm just being that they're outside and there is fresh air. There's also a possibility that. Um, and then there's also shock. Yeah. Well, well, so and that's how the movie ends. Yeah, he. Um, there's a beautiful uh, scene of the sunset as the head of the wicker man burns and falls out of frame. And that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. And it was fabulous. It was fucking it was amazing. And, and I mean, to time that shot also, sorry to cut you off, but they were had to catch it with the sunset and everything. It was like something they had to frame it right and mm-hmm. get ready. It, felt, it was, again, 1973. I have they problems put, taking good pictures on my phone now. I know. They put a lot of effort into making sure they got the right shots. That's right. If they missed it, they would have to wait till tomorrow, build a goddamn another Burning Man. <laughs> the Burning Man. And then do it again. And yeah. I don't think that's what they did. I think they timed it right. But great movie. That was a great movie. Great movie. Um, in watching Midsummer, I definitely was like, no, this is just... <laughs> 
This is just Wicker Man. Yeah, we'll have to do an episode on Midsommar or Samar, whatever they call it. It was a good movie, but uh, they definitely had... It was a very pretty movie. Yeah, they definitely must have taken a a page or two out of the Wicker Man's handbook. They definitely did, not must have. (laughs) Well, must is... Oh, what? Must... I guess I get what you're saying. My English is technically off a little bit. Sorry. Is two beers in? One and a half. <laughs> Not two. One and a half. Mm. Plus, you drank all my wine. No, I didn't. I just come up and have a swig for <laughs> work every once in a while. No, I didn't. I'm just joking. Cut that. <laughs> all right. Well, so that's that's it. <sighs> yes. That was it. I think this is a good episode. I think this is a great movie. Um... It's a good start again to the new year. I'm looking forward to some of these other ones. And I think we just need to keep this fun train rolling. Okay. Right? Everybody on board? All aboard! Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's not. You're not. I know you're not. So. All right. Well, that's it for us today. Thank you for stopping by. Um, do us a favor and hit subscribe if you have not done so yet. Yep. Turn if, on those notifications and whatever you got to do to stay up and up close and personal with us. That's right. Yeah. And if you are an audio listener, please make sure that you give us a rating. That is very important to us because at some point we'd like to not be completely out of pocket here. Check us out on social media, mostly Instagram. We're at I underscore scream underscore parlor. Um, Our website is icecreampodcast.com. And there you can get links to everything that we talk about, everything that we do, and all of our social media, as well as our Patreon. You can email us directly at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com or click on the link on the site. Yes. And uh, we've been watching the numbers go up. We've been getting a lot more views and a lot more subscribers. So please give us some comments and some feedback and let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and, you know, be a part of our community. You know, it would be nice to hear from some people from time to time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, your feedback's always welcome here. Give us movies to yeah. add to our list. You can comment them or you can just submit new movies. Um, yeah. Did you like our opinions? Did you like the movie? What did you think? You know, let us know. That's right. And um, thanks again to Larry Block for coming in last episode and really just giving us a little bit more confidence and all of the support that he's been giving us since then has been great. Yes. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, just reach out. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, what is it? Icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it for us today. Take right. care. And see you next time. Okay. Bye. <laughs>